Alright everybody, welcome back to a new episode. Um, so, and I hope everybody's doing good. Um, I'm here to talk about, uh, talk to you guys about the Gnostics. Um, I've talked about this specific person before. Um, named Morg, and he likes uh, to go on about um, Hyperionism, or that's what he calls, uh, I'm assuming, his religion, if he's trying to create a religion. I have no idea, really, what this guy's doing. But, um, as it comes down to being, uh, you know, a Christian person and stuff, he says that he used to be a Christian. But he doesn't understand the concept of God. He doesn't understand the concept of Jesus. He doesn't understand the concept of anything in the Bible. So, I'm here to call him out once again and try to explain things. For those of you that do listen to Morg or have heard his stuff, um, it's, you know, he has interesting theories. Again, they're completely falsified because he has no idea about the history of those so-called things. In his video, he explains about um, the Gnostic books. The Gnostic books um, were basically a, 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 a set of Gospels um, that were created. They, I believe they ranged around 56 different books. And he says that they were removed from the Bible. Well, that's false. <laughs> they weren't removed from the Bible. Um, The best way I can put it to you is how can the Bible be created when it was at, um, you know, the, the Torah was created before the New Testament, which was created before the Gnostics. Um, so... I can tell you this much, that the New Testament of the Bible, the, the one speaking about Jesus, was, was written by documented manuscripts of eyewitness testimonies about Jesus. This is what so, uh, this is how it's been, you know, distributed that people had eyewitness testimonies of what Jesus did because nothing at that time was doctored. Nothing was written because at that time they looked at everything that was happening and eyewitness testimony was enough at the time. As we go forward into this, the Gnostics, which is something that um, one of my family members likes to identify with even though he, I don't think he fully understands what uh, being a Gnostic is. Now, a Gnostic is basically a concept that was started, you know, back, uh, it wasn't started back in the time of Plato, but the Gnostics basically took a lot of Plato's ideas um, 
and Neoplatonic schools of philosophy to create a, a type of religion that was to counteract Christianity in their way. They looked at the, from what Morg states, is that they looked at the God of Christianity to be the devil. And we, people, humans, are actually the gods. We created the heavens, and we created the earths, and we created everything. They're saying that everything that was uh, distributed was that the god of... Um, the god that uh, they... Uh, from what he states, it's called uh, Yelda Bioth or something... Um, So, as I'm, like, listening to this, he's, ex he, uh, calls the person Yala de Beoth. Now, Yala de Beoth, um, is another name for what the Gnostics used as called the Demiurge. And, um, the Demiurge is basically a, a counteracting god. Um, basically, if you're familiar with, um, I believe it's Newton's law, with every action comes an equal or opposite reaction, they, um, they have the ability to basically saying, okay, so if there's a good God, there has to be an evil God, you know, one of equal power. And that's basically what they're going at. That's what the Demiurge was trying to be. Um, however, when it comes down to being the Gnostics and stuff, when that Demiurge person created, um, Archons and stuff to do his will, and these Archons and stuff, he goes on, Morg, goes on to say that we are the fallen angels from heaven, and we need to shape the world and turn it, because the world is, in the world we live in is hell. And we need to shape it into heaven. So, I'm not even going to quote the Bible in this. I'm going to explain some verses in the Bible. But I'm not even going to have to go into it to disprove this theory. Because, when it comes down to it, the Gnostics, um, their books were, at a time... Um, there was a, a book that was created called Against Heresies, which was created by um, Irenaeus, which was one of the uh, saints. And when he created that, he was doing that to go against the Gnostics. Now, here, here's, the, here's the, the kicker, okay? The Gnostics stuff, the, the, their supposed doctrines and everything that they've written, came dated around the 4th century but they were but they, some people will consider it as early as 2nd century so around 100 to 200 AD after Jesus's death you know so Nero emperor Nero reigned before the se the 2nd century emperor Nero which is what a lot of um, people consider to be um, the person that, uh, the book of Revelation is talking about. So the book of Revelation, when it talks about the number of the beast and all that stuff, they, they, a lot of, um, 
scholars and stuff, they look at Emperor Nero to be the beast, to be that evil person because of the things he did to Christians. Now, why Morg has such a hatred for Christians, I will never know. Because Christians aren't the problem. It's a lot of the beliefs or the extremes that Christians can manifest themselves to do that can be bad. But that doesn't mean that Christians or being a Christian is bad, you know? Um, so anyway, um, they have a few different books, such as the book of the Gospel of Thomas, which was um, said to be one of the earliest Gnostic Gospels composed. Um, I remember I watched a movie, I believe it was called Sting, uh, Stigmata, and they actually put that, that the Gospel of Thomas was never released to the public and stuff, but I have seen books about it of supposedly actual documented things that Jesus said, word for word. Now, Gospel of St. Thomas, unless you're telling me that Thomas... the Doubting Thomas, if this is the same Thomas that we're talking about, is over a hundred and something years old, then, you know, okay, I guess we can take that as, you know, gospel. But it's not, that's not the thing. He couldn't be that old. Um, in fact, most of the apostles and disciples were being persecuted at that time. So, where does this come from? Where does all of this, these uh, documents come from? Um, the Gospel of Truth that they have, that was said to come around um, the 3rd century. Um, they, they also had other ones called like the Gospel of Judas, um, the, the Coptic Gospel of the Egyptians, and uh, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. Um, they go forward of um, different apocalyptic books. Um, these were books that were found in Nag Hammadi, which were, were, I believe is a place in Egypt. And the whole, the whole point of what I'm trying to get at is if the Gnostics were so true in their, their beliefs and everything, if having divine knowledge is the truth to being saved and to being like he at this point i'm just gonna say it like this you know and if more you listen to this and you know you don't like this or whatever you can feel free to email me at ministermartyr at gmail.com and i would have no problem having a sit down with you but the, the whole thing that I'm trying to get at is, you know, between me looking at Morg, I kind of see like a parallel between us. Um, so it's kind of like a martyr versus Morg type thing, because I don't see his accounts. And he goes straight into Christianity, attacking straight that, but then he uses other religions or other faiths to back up his own views, whether it's views on reincarnation, um, Hinduism, 
um, the the Gnostic uh, Gnostics uh, Gnosticism. Um, you know, he goes straight into it, and here's here's the the greatest part. I've I've seen quite a few of his videos, and I'm gonna tell you right now, he's a lot better speaker than I am. He has much more confidence and much more, um, you know, uh, charisma than I would ever have. I, I can guarantee you that. But he doesn't understand what the Bible is. He goes in to talk about um, one of the uh, Greek philosophers, um, Ep Epideles or whatever, Empedeles. Anyway, he was a um, philosopher that was born um, around, you know, 490 B.C. As it comes... Um, into it, I, you know, heard what Morg said about him, about him jumping into a volcano because he thought he was a god, and, um, yeah, I wanted to double check that to just make sure it was true. Now, he was a Greek philosopher, a poet, a religious teacher, a physicist, uh, physiologist, sorry, um, but... He ended up flinging himself into a volcanic crater atop Mount Etna to convince followers of his deity. And, well, yeah, he didn't come back from that. But Morg also added that when he did that, his spirit would be free. Okay, so Moore contradicts himself in a couple of his videos talking about this, because he's saying that we're born in a never-ending reincarnation, but then he's saying this guy just jumped into a volcano and he's free. His spirit's gone. It's free. It's good. Um, so, is he coming back in reincarnation? Like, is he going to repeat the cycle? Or is he completely free from hell? Or earth, in, in his, you know, way. Um, now, uh, this guy, like, um, was, uh, as a philosopher, was hailed, you know, greatly. Um, there was Aristotle, who said that he was the inventor of a rhetoric. Uh, Luke. Lucretius, um, the, he admired his, uh, poetry, you know, um, he talked about the different elements, you know, um, when it comes down to everything that Morg was saying, you know, um, I'm pretty sure he knows more about the subject of Gnostics than I do. I, I can't speak, you know, that I know more, but all these different philosophers that were ranging from, um, you know, 500 B.C. to 100 B.C., uh, 
it's just like you you have all these different ones and as i've talked to you about the justin martyr guy who was born a pagan wanted to be a philosopher and found christianity and he knew everything about the philosophers and would constitute many debates upon the apollo uh, the apologetics of defending christianity in the correct way um he then goes into talking about constantine about how he ordained christianity to be an official religion well that's another thing how many times did jesus speak out against religion he was literally went to the pharisees and called them hypocrites you know he went to the tables uh the tables um in the temple and started flipping them over because they were making it so you were buying and selling things it was making a thing for profit you know gambling stuff like that you know um justin martyr even went as far as talking about uh talking about plato and socrates and aristotle these great you know philosophers and justin martyr would even you know go ahead and disprove them by explaining everything that they pulled out of their mouth came from the bible they just reworded it so it sounded more sophisticated now when it comes down to being this evil god that he thinks that is the christian god yehovah um the word demiurge um was a latinized form of a greek word and its common meaning was originally a craftsman or artisan you know so if you're looking at it as a creator the demiurge is in the gnostics basically what um he said you know what morg said was that he created the earth um through adam and eve in there um because they were granted the knowledge of god and that knowledge of god created made them become more superior so they built this world around us to be a material universe of evil so that we can't escape it we were stuck we can't be gods if we can't you know escape this but it makes you wonder if he is right because he actually mentioned this part um that why would the why would god want to create wars why would god want to do this why would god want to do um you know sacrifice uh sacrificing of animals sacrificing of um you know people you know um you know like when he brought up uh Abraham and Isaac you know to test his faith so Abraham and Isaac let's let's back up for a minute first of all you have the garden of eden where god tested us and he says all right i don't want you to eat from this tree it's a very very simple concept adam and eve i just don't want you to eat from that tree that tree create has the knowledge of good and evil now let's say the gnostics are somewhat right and saying that knowledge is the the key to salvation well that knowledge created a complete link of 
all of good and all of evil, and we are stuck literally in the middle of it. They were taken out of the Garden of Eden, and they were put into Earth, or, you know, the realm of Earth, that they don't have the Garden. At that same point, in Genesis 6, they mention the fallen angels. So, if we're fallen angels, does that mean we just fell from Genesis 6? Or are Adam and Eve the ones that kind of populated the earth? I'm confused. You know, more you can help me out with that. But if we are the fallen angels, as you said in one of your videos, um, we came down, um, and according to the book of Enoch, we came down because we wanted human wives. We saw the daughters of men, and we wanted them, and an angel, Azazel, talked to the head leader, uh, Semyaza, of the Watchers, and said, we need to go down and take some wives. And Semyaza was like, I don't know about it, dude. And then all the other people were like, well, we'll make a pact, so if you get in trouble, we all get in trouble. And then Semyaza was like, okay, okay, you guys got my back, let's do it. You know, it sounds like something that would come out of, like, a movie. You know, like uh, like one of those... I'm making it sound, like, a little more, you know, comical than it is. But when it comes down to how he's saying that all of us are coming down to commit these sins and being stuck in this material realm and everything... I'm, I'm sorry, I've read enough about the Gnostics to understand that their books are heresy. Um, the reason why they're her um, heresies is because, one, their dates don't match the original manuscripts of when Jesus was supposedly around. Um... The Gnostics believe that knowledge leads to salvation. Well, in a way, they are right. Because Jesus came to give his knowledge of the Father, God, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of spirits, Yehovah, and tell us how to reach salvation. He gave us the knowledge that we needed. So, I mean, you're partially right on that, I guess. And, I mean, if you're talking about an ancient Greek philosopher that jumps into a volcano, I mean, is that, the, you know, that's just as, I'm sorry, I mean, are we going into, like, Scientology and stuff here? Um, you know, it's not making any sense, you know, and, you know, I watched your video on how, um, Jim Carrey views the world and stuff, and, you know, I, I really, really don't understand how you have all this knowledge about all this stuff, and explain it in a way that makes sense, but probably isn't right. The Bible tells us literally what's right and what's wrong, and... I can tell you this, is that when the Gnostics do identify the God of the Old Testament, um, to portray him as an ignorant, malicious person, um, this is all coming from a Gnostic website, by the way, the Demiurge has been given many names, um, 
Yala Dubois, that freaking Y-A-L-A one that you, Y-A-L-D-A one that you said, Yalda Boeth, um, Sam, uh, Samuel, Sakalas, um, Sakalas comes from the Aramaic word of, for fool, and Samuel for the Aramaic for blind god or the god of the blind. They said um, the Yala de Bo Boeth one is uncertain. So I don't know if you just kind of looked something up and just kind of pulled it, you know, because it just sounded interesting. But from what it's what people are saying that um, in a is somewhat close to Child of Chaos in Aramaic. But again, they're saying it's a stretch. Um, so when we're all like looking at this, um, the Gnostics and all this, well, they have the secret book of John adds that he had a body of a snake and a head of a lion with lightning bolts and stuff. Um, which is probably uh, introduced in uh, ancient Greek philosophy that you can find. Um, that a girl named Sora, uh, Sophia saw a horrifying twisted being that had come from her. She was ashamed and afraid. She disowned him and cast him out of heaven. Um, they talk about archons or rulers, um, you know, the material world. From what I'm reading from this Gnostic website, being Gnostics explained, um, the Demiurge created Adam and Eve and imprisoned them, divine sparks from heaven within them. And he told them that he was the only God and issued the Ten Commandments, even though he broke, he himself broke each and every one of those commandments. For example, he lied when he claimed to be God, and Adam and Eve would die if they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He insulted his mother and father by refusing to acknowledge their existence. He made a graven image of the divine when he molded the material world on his corrupt and ignorant misunderstanding of heaven, and he committed adultery by attempting to rape Eve. I'm going to pause right here and go to and start a new one because this is probably going to be a long episode. All right. So, as we were getting down to it, we just, um, sorry for that delay there, but we just talked about the Demiurge that imprisoned Adam and Eve, and committed adultery by attempting to rape Eve. So, I don't know where in the Bible it said anything about God attempting to rape Eve. Um, so, he, he, here's everything. I'm going to decipher everything that I just read to you. The Demiurge that created Adam and Eve and imprisoned divine sparks from heaven within them. Okay, so in Genesis they say God uh, breathed life into Adam. Okay. So, divine sparks and breathing life. Very, very compared, uh, compared in that sense. He told him that he was the only God and issued the Ten Commandments. Well, the Ten Commandments weren't issued until Exodus with Moses. So, therefore, you're wrong again. Um, even he himself broke each and every one of those commandments. For example, he lied 
when he claimed to be the only god that Adam and Eve would die if they ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, how did he lie? Because technically, he said, if you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. At that point, when they ate it, they were exiled from the Garden of Eden, which means they didn't have, they weren't able to eat from the tree of life. The tree of life, which is the one that gave the, the divine fruit to live forever, which is probably the same fruit that all the angels eat. Now, let's also back up and go into ancient Sumerian, or um, the Mesopotamian faith, when they talk about the Gig, uh, Gilgamesh epic, where Gilgamesh um, starts talking about a great flood that happened, and he's swimming viciously to try to survive it. And as he's trying to survive this great and horrible flood, he comes across a guy with a name that I can't pronounce because it was very, very long and complicated, but it sounds a lot like Noah. And um, he goes to him, and he's on a ship that is carrying every seed of the earth on it. And he goes to him, and he's like, um, how can you give me eternal life? And Noah, or the guy that's on the boat at least, looks at him and he's like, I can't do that. I don't have that power, dude. But he goes, I do remember that if you go down there in the water, that there's this tree. And it has a fruit that if you eat it, you can live forever. So Gilgamesh says, alright, thanks dude. I'm going to go down and I'm going to find that fruit. And he drowns and dies there. So... Gilgamesh epic, which is one of the oldest epics in history, um, which is part of a confirmation of the Great Flood of Noah, confirms that, you know, the Tree of Life was the one that was giving the, you know, immortality. Um, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was not meant to be, t uh, consumed because, obviously, look at the world we live in today. He insulted his mother and father by refusing to acknowledge their existence. How can he uh, insult his mother and father if God is the father? He created everything. In, in, in fact, technically, if God, if even according to your Gnostic scripture... If the Demiurge, or Yala de Beoth, ended up creating this world, he's technically still the god of this world, because he created it. You know? However, um, now you're saying that the mother and father are refusing to acknowledge that uh, refusing to acknowledge their existence. So are you saying that Adam and Eve is their mother and father, even though the, it says strictly in, in this Gnostic website, uh, the Demiurge created them? So wouldn't the Demiurge be their god if he created Adam and Eve? Um, 
Let's see, he made a graven image of the divine when he molded the material world on his corrupt and ignorant misunderstanding of heaven. Um, no. It said in the very beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So let's take a look at this. He created the heaven and the earth. Two, two different things. Two completely separate things. And as we continue, when it comes down to um, not Newton's law, um, Einstein's theory of relativity, they talk about space-time and matter. Well, we look at that, and Einstein's theory of relativity, considering Hyperionism is all about mathematics and true facts, God literally stated, in the beginning, you have time. God created the heaven, space, and earth, matter. Wow. So you're telling me right now the Bible is in complete harmony with something that you are discrediting. All right. All right. Um, how could Gnostics possibly come up with the idea of being created by Earth? Um, it seems congruous, but one time Gnostics arose, the second century. So, this is what I, I don't understand. Um, a lot of people, like, the, the word demiurge comes from Plato. As I mentioned previously, um, a lot of this was based off Greek philosophy. And although Plato's Demiurge was far from evil, for Plato and the other pagan Greek and Roman philosophers who followed him, the material world was a creation of a divine craftsman who made the world in the best reflection of the perfect spiritual wor world in the forms that was given possible for the constraints of matter. So the Demiurge, according to what was just written on Gnosticism um, literally just states that for a fact that the pagans believe that it was far from evil. So the, the, the God of the Abrahamic God was not evil. And let's uh, reflect back again going back to Genesis as uh, more like to point it out um, God likes to wage war, God likes to kill, God likes to, um, you know, have human sacrifices of Isaac. Um, well, you did mention, you know, right before that, that before Isaac was replaced by a, a lamb, um, it was a test of faith. Uh, well, after the Adam and Eve, after the great flood, you know, after all, uh, Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, um, all the different sins of the world, the fallen angels, and the great flood, I'm pretty sure God wanted to make sure that before he gave everything to create a nation, for Abraham, he wanted to make sure that Abraham was 100% into God. 110% faith.
faithful. Am I right? Or am I wrong? Um, I'm pretty sure if I went over to you, or Morg's place, and, um, you know, he doesn't know me, is he going to just be like, okay, dude, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, my car. You don't know me, but you're going to give me your car? Um, so, I mean, if you did that, I mean, that'd be really nice, you know? I mean, hell, if you gave me your house, that'd be cool, too. But uh, I don't think that that's something that you would do. And, um, as there's one thing I do agree with, is that he talks about this world being very materialistic and very fallen from its spiritual, um, harmony. And I agree with that. That's one thing that I can agree with his Hyperionism with. However, if this is the case, um, how come you're, you do everything on videos? You're sharing all this kind of stuff and you're attacking Christianity only. I haven't seen any videos of you attack any other faith or any other religion. I don't think I've seen one video of you going after Islam. Hmm. Considering Islam also believes that the Abrahamic God is their God as well. Might want to check into that too, you know, if um, you're into that kind of stuff. But... Let's see here. Assume that Satan is the ruler of the world. When Satan offers Jesus the world in exchange for his worship. So, that's a really, really good example. You know, um, that was, I believe, in Matthew 4.8. So, if we look into there, and Satan, he's trying to urge Jesus to sin, or to, to break Jesus by tempting him. You know, and he's offering Jesus. He goes, I will give you this whole world. Now, Satan is apparently the god of this world. And Morg, you know, if you are listening to this at some point, which I probably doubt you will, but I don't have a big following like you do. Um, then again, I don't post my stuff on Facebook or any of that stuff. But um, if... God, you know, the the Abrahamic God, or Yehovah, Yahweh, whatever, you know, people call him, is evil, and Satan is the ruler of the world that we live in, why would he offer Jesus the world in exchange for his worship? Especially according if Jesus is God. You talk about how Jesus lied in the Bible multiple times. You talk about so many different things bad about Jesus, but you're not explaining the things that counteract what you're saying. The one thing I can tell you is that the Bible has a harmony to it. It goes coincide with what it's saying. When you talk about God being a God of war and malice, and, you know, all that stuff, 
it doesn't make any sense. Because in Genesis 6, it literally says that God repented. He was upset that he created humankind. That he created a gateway of sin. You know? He was upset of that. He flooded the earth. And after he flooded, and Noah, he says, here is a rainbow... This is going to be the, uh, the sign of our new covenant that I'm not going to flood the world again in this way. And there hasn't been a flood like that ever since. So, um, let's also go into the fact that uh, you, you talk about him going to war. Let's see. Um, his people were enslaved by the Egyptians in the book of Exodus. And he sent Moses to go redeem them. And yes, he did take the firstborn of every child unless they painted the door with blood. He gave them a way out. He said, you know, he told Moses, he goes, as long as there's blood on the door, lamb blood, I'm not going to go in and get the kid. But, you know, it needs to be like a sacrificial lamb. So you're right, yeah, he did have some sacrifices at that time. You know? But... Here, let's also point it like this. He painted the blood on the wall so the spirit, so God doesn't take the firstborn on those people, but he took the Egyptians. But why did he do that? Because he told Moses many, 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 many times to tell the Pharaoh to give up his people, and Moses did exactly what God said, and the Pharaoh said no. He said, let my people go. And the Pharaoh is like, nope, I don't want to do that. That will be bad. I need them to build my pyramids and my sculptures and all my material objects that you say are, are bad for this world. And just like you, I'm on a computer making a podcast about this. So I'm just as much in a sin of a materialistic thing as you are. But, as I'm saying that, as I'm saying I also have my own materialistic things in this world, you know, I'm acknowledging that I have the materialistic things. I see you condemning a lot of people with capitalism and, um, being materialistic, but are you acknowledging one fact that you have also done the same thing and I'm not going on here judging you I, I don't I'm not judging you as a person Morg I am simply asking you are you aware that a lot of the things that you are saying and doing are hypocritical to what your Hyperion messages I could care less about what debunk thing that those people said about it you know if you have your own religion that's fine but if you are going after a faith with a bunch of followers I'm going to stand in front of you and I'm not going to let you harm them I'm not going to let you try to corrupt and pollute their minds you know it's one thing if people follow you routinely. 
But when you're going straight after Christianity, when you are attacking Christianity, that is when I need to take a stand. And I want you to acknowledge that. This is my stand, just saying I don't want you to be always misrepresenting Christianity if you can't get the Bible down correctly. He raged war many times in the Bible, all of which was to protect his people. You know? He even went as far as telling Jonah, Jonah, the, the prophet of destruction, and wanted to see all his enemies destroyed, to go to an Assyrian city, Nineveh, and have them repent. He didn't care if they were converted to, to, to worship him. He just wanted them to repent for the sins that they did. Maybe you miss that in the Bible, too. See, this is the issue with common Christianity, progressive Christianity, and people that think they know Christianity. The issue with it is that people will always take and pick and choose what they want to read and hear, but they don't read the whole book. They don't read everything. And this is why I make these podcasts, so you people can try to get a little bit inspired. And I know I'm not a good talker, I'm not charismatic, I am not a person that can hold a good conversation and, uh, you know, I have anxiety, I have a lot of, um, you know, issues with who I am, you know, when it comes down to, you know... You know, anxious, uh, how anxious I get to talk and to try to formulate these things to try to defend stuff. But I do it because it's something I have to do, not because I want to, because I have to. And yes, at the same time, when I do do this, it does make me feel better. Because at least I know that people, that the people that do listen to what I'm saying, know that I'm here to defend them. Whether they're Protestant, Catholic, Mormon, Muslim, whether monotheistic or Trinitarian, I don't care, but I'm here to defend the people that love and respect the Abrahamic God, the Father, that loved Jesus, or Yeshua, if you want to get down to his Hebrew name. As we continue... As far as I know, and at least is what Aram, uh, Irenaeus was believing, was that as God would be, the Jewish creator God was demonic um, being who ruled the world, Christ was an emissary for the ultimate God to save humankind for their cre- uh, from the demiurge. Or Yala de Boa, or whatever you call him. 
is that you know like what is Jesus to uh, to you guys you know um, there's so many different you know like things I can go into this about and the people that do listen um, I'm sorry if I seem a little agitated by this um, I'm not using this as an excuse, um, I am pretty tired, um, I saw that video at, like, midnight, and it's almost two o'clock in the morning, and, um, I felt like I needed to make this video, or this podcast, and, um, all I know is that... The Gnostic Arch the the Gnosis the Gnosis Archive um, basically states that we uh, that they need to have people to have a higher knowledge, a divine knowledge, to get into salvation. And if we don't have that, we have to relive our life according to what Morgue states into this infinite hell that we're, we live in. Now, if that's, if we're having an infinite hell, you know, that we're not allowed to escape from, does that mean space is hell too? Because, I mean, we're starting to get to the point where, you know, SpaceX, by 2050, they want to colonize Mars. Are we going to have a new hell that we're going to be living on? We're going to have multiple hells that we're going to live on in space eventually? Is it going to happen all the way through you know, year 15,000, and at that point in year 15,000 that we're going to be colonized 30,000 different planets, and we're all going to be in one hell together, you know, that we can all travel to different hells. The thing is, when it comes down to what you're saying, your Hyperionistic or Hyperionism approach, I, I find it fascinating to listen to. And basically the idea that we are gods, which I believe is a satanic um, belief that we are gods ourselves, um, is a form of Satanism. Um, and then they have uh, Lucif- uh, Luciferianism. Which is basically the worship of the devil. Um, But whether or not you believe, Marg, that the God of the Bible is evil, whether you believe this world that we live in is a dream of a collective consciousness of our, you know, basically of the demiurge, like withholding us into this infinite realm of hell. Um, and the true God is us being aware that we're gods, otherwise, but we're caught in a, a whole realm of, you know, materialistic stuff, you know, I mean, if you, if we're stuck in a material realm, I mean, I don't see you going homeless, 
Jesus was pretty much homeless, you know, when he was doing his ministry. Um, Jesus did a lot of things that were very humble. He was not materialistic at all. He took what he needed to live, survive. He sacrificed himself. He spoke out against the Pharisees and the heretics, you know, the hypocrites. He spoke out against them all. So, if you really, truly know what Christianity is about, Morg, I urge you to send me a message and we can talk, you know. And we'll talk and we'll see what it's like, you know, and, you know, get to know each other. I'd like to learn more about what your your view is, but if not, then, you know, fine. I, I'm not expecting you to email me at all. But if you do, ministermartyr at gmail.com. Um, as I go into this, we can... I mean, I could go into many different parts of thing, but it's already going to be over an hour long. Um, I think that this is where I'm going to cut it off, um, but when you do, and I'm going to put this straight for you, before you make another video that urges me to get up and defend God, defend my brothers and sisters in Christ, I urge you to at least read the Bible. For the full story it is, instead of picking the parts that suit your own Hyperion, uh, Hyperionism beliefs. Um, you do seem like a smart guy. I won't say anything to insult your intelligence. But you need to at least know what Christianity is about before that you before you attack it before you criticize it before you denounce it if you're going to denounce Christianity and you're saying that you're a Christian you really didn't have a full Christian tradition you really didn't know but everybody's Christian views are different everybody believes um something a little different. There's progressive Christians, which, you know, they kind of just follow with what the world believes. Then they have regular Christians that follow, you know, what the Bible states, you know. So, as we can say, we can talk, we can do anything like that. As for the people listening, this is not typically my favorite kind of podcasts to do um but i need i felt i needed to do this for god and for you guys because if you do come across any of his videos as smart as he is um there is a lot of things that he's really lost on when it comes down to christianity
at the end of the day, um, I pray for you all. I pray for you, Morg. Um, I hope everybody, you know, has a blessed, you know, weekend and everything. And, uh, this post is gonna be, um, a little different than, um, my others. I do apologize if I do seem a little, little, little more out of it than normal. But, again, if you want to follow me at Minister Martyr on Twitter, um, email me, ministermartyr at gmail.com, check out the website, and all of you have a blessed night or weekend.